It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. What you call here, Jay? Well, I call a three-run home run, but... Brandon Whedon's going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys next week. Whedon loading up and firing an intercepted. Well, that was good timing on my comment, but that's still not going to change anything. The SportsZilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Did you know that John Bon Jovi's daughter went to Hamilton College? Did you know that John Bon Jovi's son is going to go to Syracuse University? Yes, I did. I saw, I saw yes, that over the weekend. Now we all know that. Bon Giovi, though. That's their actual last name. Bon Giovi. Yeah, B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. Did you know that the manager of the New York Yankees, for what it's worth, tweeted that he's going with the Chiefs 30 minutes before the big game yesterday, 31-20, to 20, and that was the final score? That is just scary coincidental. I'd like to say he really knew that. but Did you also know that um, Kansas City is not in Kansas? It's in Missouri? Yeah, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> It's not in the Ukraine, is it? No, it's it's okay. not. It's not. Did you know that uh, we had uh, like the youngest Super Bowl MVP ever and like the youngest NFL MVP ever this year? There's some crazy things going on in this football season, which is not over, actually, even though we had the big game and a groundhog said we're going to have an early spring. Scoop, I'm OK with that. Scoop, the glue guy you just heard from. And I'm Rain. This is the Sportzilla show on ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. As we get started, we'll dig a little bit deeper into Super Bowl Sunday in just a second. And then we're going to get you to GMAC because we've got to talk about that Syracuse-Duke game. That's going to happen at about 5.30. He joins us every Monday from Drivers Village and Empower Federal Credit Union. So you're going to hear that. GMAC breaking that down. Probably ask him a question about the big game. Yes, you're, you're looking at me bemused. Did you know that New York State has its own groundhogs that predict early and late springs? It is not just Puxatawney Phil, people. Uh, break this down. Tell us more. Well, there's Staten Island Chuck. Yep. Heard of him. And there's Dunkirk Dave. <laughs> there's more than that. Did you hear about the... There was a town... Damn it. I, I was talking about the other day. I forget the name of the town, but there was... They couldn't secure an actual groundhog for their festivities on Sunday, so they went with a stuffed groundhog. I've got to Google that oh, during boy. the break and get this back to you. I, I'm not kidding you. That's actually a true thing. And And then, of course, because of Groundhog's Day which I'm, I'm very glad that it was yesterday and got lost in the shuffle overall with the big game. But um, by the way, meteorologists hate that. What's that specifically? The uh, Groundhog's Day. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's you're, dumb. You're, you're going to get some more snow if you live in this part of the country, but you get crap like this. Now my forecast on a day that's a palindrome will cause some to cheer and some to moan. So do I hope you think it's neighborly for there is no shadow of me. Spring will be early. It's a certainty. No. <laughs> okay. Sometimes uh, I just want to see the, the groundhog, like, freak out and be uncontrollable and, like, run up the guy's arm. Haven't they bit people before? Yes. I believe that's happened. Yes, they have. And that's that makes it worth going to, I really believe. We have tickets to the golf show, which is at Turning Stone, February 14th through the 16th. We will ask you to call in at some point during the Sportzilla show, which runs till 6 o'clock. And that's when we step aside because it's the Trent Cole show. So head coach of the Utica Comets, Trent Cole, every Monday right here on ESPN Utica Rome from 6 to 7 with the voice Joe Roberts. And then Scoop and I actually head over on Mondays 
for Utica Comets Insider. Our guest tonight at the 72 Tavern, you'll hear it over on the Brother Station on K-Rock, is none other than fresh off of his first AHL shutout, Mikey DiPietro. I'm hyped to talk to him again. We talked to him back in October. I'm glad we get him back in here. He is one of the most charismatic Comets that come to mind over the course of this team's history here in Utica. And I just love how the guy, as a young man, has just seized a leadership role on this team. And every time you hear him post game, I love what he has to say. I love that he's a team guy. I love how he, you know, points the the magnifying glass at himself. If yeah, he's got great leadership ability already at 20 years old. Something going on in your life and you can't tune that in for whatever reason or you don't podcast, you're not somebody that listens to podcasts, ESPN Utica Rome re-airs Comets Insider every single Tuesday. So that'll be right here following the Sportszilla show tomorrow from 6 to 7. And there you have it. Uh, GMAC, of course, every Monday. Jim Beheim, by the way, every Tuesday. We'll hear from Jim about the Duke game tomorrow. Should be roughly 5.30-ish. I'm trying to see who else we've got on. I wanted to kind of let everybody know of what to expect during the course of the week, I think, is re- is really where I'm going with this. Jason Fitz, if you listen to Golik and Wingo, you know Jason Fitz. He'll be joining us on Wednesdays starting this week. I believe that's 515, boss? That's correct. Thank you, glue guy. UCFC with a 4-3 win Friday over St. Louis means Ryan Kid- Ryan Kids in the Hall, the head coach, will join us here on Thursday. On the same on Thursday as well, after an 83-66 win versus Elmira on Saturday, Sean Coffey, the head coach for Utica College Men's Basketball, will join us for his usual Coffee for Three segment. And then that brings me Utica College Hockey's head coach with the goop, the brain, Gary Heenan. He'll be in studio on Wednesday. They did just beat 9-1 Nazareth. And they moved up to number four in the poll. So, yeah, just fantastic. And there we go. I think that's everything, right? Did I tell everybody everything I need to, boss? Sounds about right to me. Did I, did I cover it all? Any shameless plugs or programming notes for later in the week, or can we wait on that? We can wait on that. All right, good. Let's talk about the big game, because that one kid took it to the house. I like that. I wanted to mention that to you, Scoop. Did you dig that commercial with that kid? I thought the kid was cute, but I thought the whole thing was overly saccharine and uh, kind of put me off your sausage and uh, broccoli rolls that you were making. I was like, ah. Scoop was over. Scoop was over to the house. Uh, cute kid. Love the kid, but like, uh, just the, the the bloated. He's not talking about my kids, my raindrops, by the way, at the rain cost. He's talking about that kid. In well, the, your kids are cute, too. Yeah. They're they're adorable, but that, that kid was kind of cute. But that commercial went on for like a day and a half. It was long. Yes, it was. I don't know. I enjoyed all the NFL players beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah. I it, thought that was cool. It was a little cameos. See, now I thought they were trying to play on that one. Was it last year or the year before? Correct. Where it was they promoting had promoting the, the NFL 100. Where it was the party and everybody went crazy and things were getting tipped over. And, Correct. Yeah. It was exciting to see Pat Mahomes be MVP worthy, at least in that five minute stretch in the fourth quarter, the last eight minutes of the game, really, the 21 points in five minutes. As a uh, Patriots pe- fan, it wasn't really, but continue. People are discussing that um, via social media, and I'm sure wherever you're discussing the game yesterday. Didn't we say with about eight minutes to go, okay, Chiefs got them right where they want them now. They got plenty of time. This is what they do. Uh, I'll give you the Mahomes numbers right off the top here. Kind of incredible. 5-0 and when trailing by double digits this season. 3-0 and in the postseason. No other starting quarterback has led three double-digit comebacks in a single postseason ever. That's never happened. And w- 
Pat Mahomes is going to win some more of these. And when the Chiefs put the pressure on the 49ers, did Jimmy Garoppolo shine? No, he kind of he folded a little bit. You know, he looks like, a, all game long, he looked like a guy that played great with the lead, but when 49, 49ers were trailing there, they were they looked a little shaky out there. And granted, I'm going to give some of that to the Chiefs defense that I think that played progressively better as the game wore on. But, you know, it was crunch time, and uh, Patrick Mahomes paid off. Garoppolo didn't. You said Demi Lovato tweeted how long ago that she was going to sing the national anthem at the big game at some point? It was it was literally almost 10 years to the day. And then she came out there and knocked it out of the park. I thought she was fantastic. I liked her better than I liked the halftime show, as much as I like Shakira. We're going to get to that in a second. Also, it was under. It was. It was under. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was under that time. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, we talked about that the other day. Pat Mahomes, seven years ago, almost to the day, February sixth of two thousand thirteen, said, "I bet it feels amazing to be the quarterback who says I'm going to Disney World after winning the Super Bowl." He got to do that. That's kind of wild, too. Yeah, that's that, amazing. A little bit of foreshadowing. And then Andy Reid, who of course celebrated the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl with a cheeseburger, not going out and partying, but said afterwards, after they won the big game, he finally got his ring. He says, I'm going to get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen, and it might be a double. By the way, he also said uh, he didn't sleep with the trophy. He slept with his trophy wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Andy Reid is a treasure. You know, I noticed that too. His wife was right up there giving him love almost immediately. And then you could see if you watched in the camera, he held her hand like a vice All the way through. everywhere he went. And everybody that stopped him and hugged him, he did not allow his wife to be left behind. Whereas, you know what I'm saying? Instead of getting pulled in all those directions, you're coming with me on this ride because you've been with me through the good times and the bad times this whole time. Amazing. Not to mention, they had tragic circumstances with his son who had Garrett, overdosed years correct. ago. I mean, that was heartbreaking. And so to see him reach the pinnacle after all these years, over two decades, so many people love that guy and we're so happy for him to get his ring. Even the Philadelphia Eagles gave credit where it was due. People were so hyped. Donovan McNabb was hyped. I mean, I could go on and on, but you get my point. That turns into a nutty scrum out there after the Super Bowl is won. And I noticed a number of Chiefs players, maybe with their kids and their wives, and they were clutching them and kind of ushering them through that crazy... The maze of reporters and yeah, the, the snow angels and the confetti. I, see, that was one of my favorite moments Me of the too. whole thing. Me too. All right. Well, JLo brought it around town so we can discuss the halftime show in just a couple minutes and Shakira doing whatever she does. A few more thoughts on the big game yesterday. XFL is here Saturday and Sunday. So football is not over. And I leave you with this thought. The Kansas City Police Department said it's a Super Bowl victory, not the purge. That's an official tweet from a verified Kansas City police account. Why do we destroy our cities when our teams, even if it's Kansas City where you've waited 50 years for this, when we win championships? America, that's why. America. Isn't that kind of played, though? Yes. I I think that is kind of a 70s and 80s thing. And I think cities, by and large, don't, do that anymore even a city like cleveland when they won i mean you would think since they hadn't done it didn't they flip over a cop car though they, they might have but i mean look look what happened in detroit in 1984 for the tigers won the world series and 
there have been, I think Vancouver had a couple of crazy, had a crazy ride. By the way, the Detroit Tigers drafted Patrick Mahomes. Yes, yes. that, that yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad was a hell of a pitcher for about 11 seasons with Minnesota Twins and others. This is SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, right now at 96.5 FM. It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Wayne, Scoop, and Matt. We are back. If you ever listen to our brother station in Syracuse, we're actually on Twitch TV over there, twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. And you can not just listen to the show, but watch the show. A slightly different show that we do for folks in the Salt City. It's funny. Um, so Brent Axe, who you, of course, know you get on the block with instead of for two hours down here now. But one of his hours, his second hour is preempted because of us here on the Sportzilla show. I was teasing them a little bit on their Syracuse edition. And I just reposted the podcast. You can go to at ESPN Sportzilla on Twitter. If you'd like to give that a listen or just subscribe to the Sportzilla show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify and SoundCloud and you'll get that anyways. It'll just show up for you, as you know. But um, we're teasing a little bit about how in his most recent article that he had put out after the Duke game that uh, he was calling for man to man yet again, as opposed to the Q's continuing to play two, three zone. And for those that don't know, Bayheim himself had called him out on that. It was relatively amusing. But I don't think, I don't think Axe was amused that we were teasing a little bit about that. We were kidding, uh, but uh, maybe not so much because I read between the lines. Axe, he's like, "Did you did you actually read it?" I'm like, "Axe, I read everything that you put out, but I still think that there was a little bit of that undertone in there." He has suggested it before. Well, this is coming from the guy who said there wasn't much hype around the Duke game. Yeah, he said that too. He did say that. That he actually did say. I embellished, of course, from. But I kind of read that, that maybe he was suggesting that because they're having issues in the middle. So you take that for what you will if you want to hear that a little bit. I call that click harvesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) maybe there was a little bit of that. We'll see. We'll see. we got to give you some tickets to the golf show. Uh, If you stick with us, we'll ask you a trivia question probably by the end of this segment. Maybe it'll be the next one. We'd like to go out to that turning stone on the 14th through the 16th. But here we are on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. So a few afterthoughts with the big game yesterday and the Chiefs winning, of course, with a remarkable fourth quarter, the 21 points. They did. They just, they, it's almost like you felt like they had them where they wanted them, almost. And San Francisco went away from their strengths, whereas Kansas City, it kind of played into their strengths because it was really San Francisco's game it was the pace. It was the style. Everything was playing out for San Francisco to win that game. And then eight minutes were left in it. And it was a different story after that. I will say I was wrong because I thought uh, if the Chiefs ever got down, they wouldn't be able to come back like they did the whole postseason. Proved me wrong. They sure did. And it's interesting. After the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter, Kyle Shanahan, and once again, you love you love this because that was the 28-3 game. Atlanta just gave it away. He was the offensive coordinator at that point in time. Now, of course, the San Francisco 49ers head coach. But you can't just blame him for that, though. But it's after the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter, Shanahan's Super Bowl teams collectively outscored 46 to nothing and includes the overtime of Super Bowl 51. And you're absolutely right. You cannot throw it all on Kyle Shanahan, glue guy. I just, 
it, it's the easy excuse. It really is. Just to go, oh, it must be Shanahan's fault. Why? I'd bet he's putting it on himself. I bet oh, he no is doubt. doubly yeah. haunted now. I know he was haunted by 28-3. Now he's haunted by this. And look, it, football is such a game of inches. And that was proven yesterday because Patrick Mahomes would look like he was going to get sacked by Nick Bosa. And somehow he'd escape it and make a play. And, you know, that's not the first time we'd seen that in this postseason. And if Nick Bosa makes those plays in the San Francisco defense, makes those plays, the big plays that followed from Mahomes don't happen. So maybe you don't have these comebacks. It was really spectacular. Eight minutes to go. You know, they, the Chiefs had the 49ers right where they wanted them, down by 10, ready to come back. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not going to go back into the kitchen at the rain cost and get another piece of that sausage roll or some <laughs> of that Oskin Eats pizza that we had lying around there because this is getting good. And, and what if? What that, if that interference doesn't happen? Ex- you're reading my mind. What if that play? <laughs> Talk about game of inches. At the end of the half, goes for a completion. And they have a chance to either try for another touchdown or get a field goal. I think it was a field goal at that point. Because his, I don't know if they had enough time to go for the touchdown, correct. but they probably they might have tried it. Who knows it? Because that DB's body weight was angled and leaning into him and pushing on him. That's why they got that call for no other reason. Because, yeah, you well, even that was the, said... That was, the, I'm, that was the end zone play. I'm talking about the one at the end of the half where... Oh, okay, at yeah. The end, at yeah. the end of the half... Literally a, a half... Stiff arm. Yes. And then got called for a flag. And then there was like a half a stiff arm and then the full one. It was like the secondary yeah. push off, I think, is what ended up making that call happen. Looked a lot like the play in overtime that won the game in the playoffs for the Vikings where it wasn't called. I remember this is my problem with the NFL. Well, There's I, no consistency on this. I remember saying to you directly, you know, even though I'm rooting for the Chiefs in this game, that was a little ticky tacky. I remember saying that to you, like, I don't know about that call. It, it, you know, in the magnitude of this game at that moment, that was tough. Even I was like, yikes. Yeah, I, I just think there's no consistency with the way the NFL calls a lot of these things. And the players are stuck and the coaches are stuck in the middle of all this. You know, are they going to call it or not? They have, nobody knows how to play. Well, Shakira and uh, J-Lo specifically. J-Lo specifically, right, glue guy? She yeah. br- she brought it around town. Brought it around town. Hey, he immediately. If you watch SpongeBob, you get that reference. Well, that's the funny thing is he immediately. <laughs> he said that to me earlier today. He said that to me during our Syracuse Sportsilla, and of course now he's he's, he's going to go find that clip and it's going to be in a Sportsilla open. And if you listen all the time, you'll get the reference, and everybody else going to be like, I, I just like SpongeBob. Pretty much. She brought it around town. She brought it around town, and then Shakira did the the hips don't lie dance. That, that thing that she does. I don't know any other human that can move like that. Does anybody else? No. I've never seen anybody else Especially move like that. Especially at that age. Especially at 43. J-Lo, 50. A-Rod's running around in the crowd. He wasn't anything. He didn't have anything to do with what happened on the actual stage. I didn't find it to be very good in the sense that they didn't really sing a lot. It was almost like. It was lip sync. It was almost like dancing with the stars on stage. I mean, they just, it was a dance routine. That's really all it felt like. There was like 8 zillion people dancing on stage with them. The only time I think the mic was live was when Shakira did the crowd surfing. And the little, little, little and it, thing. And she was talking into the mic. 
But I don't think she was really singing. I don't think J-Lo was really singing. No. Those were just huge choreography routines. And then J-Lo brought it around town, and then it was pretty much over, and we got back to the game. I don't know. I mean, some people think it was the greatest thing ever. It was okay. It was just just a bloated spectacle. Like, we it come to expect with the Super Bowl, everything over the top, you know, for crying out loud, it— I think it was in Robert Kraft's suite. He had a Cardi B concert going on while J-Lo and Shakira are on the, the field doing the halftime show. No, that's not good enough for me. I've hired Cardi B to play my private suite. And I think Joel Embiid was in there and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think they were there. There was a bunch of hotshot bigwigs in there as well. You had your you had your responsible parents that were offended. You had the guys that want to see the gyrating and then you had the other opinion that overall, it really wasn't the greatest if, one ever. I would have taken Prince all over again over that any time. If you are a parent complaining about the halftime show after yesterday's game, you are an idiot. Do you not? <laughs> do you not remember what happened? I don't know how many. It was in the early two. The wardrobe malfunction. What do you think goes on in this game? Oof. Pause for effect. We're going to talk to GMAC next about the Syracuse-Duke game on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. And right now we're going to ask you trivia. If you want to give us a call, 315-768-1310. Who was Happy Gilmore paired up with in the Waterbury Open? You can go to the golf show, the 14th through the 16th at Turning Stone, if you're the fifth caller and you answer that question, what's the phone number again? Glue guy hit it for him. Call 315-768-1310. Now, it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. We are set and ready to go yet again as we do on Mondays, courtesy of Empower Federal Credit Union and Drivers Village to talk to GMAC. Coach Jerry McNamara on the phone with Rain and Scoop here on the Sportzilla Show. So I want to start, I want to get the, the common refrain out of the way, and then I want to look at some positives. Um, I want to start with the weakness in the middle. You've heard Jim say that repeatedly over the course of the season. That's where this team in particular this season is not good, as evidence of Vernon Carey, 26 and 17 yesterday. Uh, we'll start there, Jerry. Yeah, you know, I think we've, we've played against some really talented big guys this year, some big physical players. You know, you take it back to, even to New York City when we played. You know, Mike Watkins gave us a ton of issues. And, you know, you come home, you play against guys like Luca Garza, who's in the conversation for National Player of the Year. And same thing with Vernon Carey, you know, a National Player of the Year candidate, big, physical, strong. Um, you know, we've played some really, really big, talented players in the middle that have that have gotten the better of us. and um, you know, the one thing that we've got to do a little bit better job of, we got to help these guys from the interior and being able to send two guys at a time, and get some help from the forward position. And then you got to collapse the guards and hope to gang rebound. And, um, you know, it's funny, you know, it's easy, it's easy to, you know, point the finger and, and say that, you know, it's a weak position, but the reality of it is, I mean, burning carry is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> per, per four, you know, it, it, it's difficult when you're talking about a guy that we're going to be watching play basketball for a very, very long time, um, you know, per 40 minutes, he's as, he's as productive, if not more productive than any player in the country. And he proved it again against us. And, you know, we knew it was going to be, you know, an issue because it, it is for everybody guarding this guy. And, 
you know, the the reality of it is that Dubarama did a really good job early in that game trying to get around him, get you know, get in front three quarter and make it difficult. And um, you know, then our best offensive lineup with Marek at the five, obviously it's gonna be a difficult task for him to be be down there and bang bodies with him and if you go back and watch the video, he actually made some you know, two or three different rotational moves Vernon Carey did where he had position, we sent help, he reversed pivot and was still able to step through and create contact. That's the one thing uh, that he probably doesn't get enough credit for, Carey, is, um, you know, he, he obviously shoots, you know, more free throw attempts than anybody, but it's how he gets to the free throw attempts. He's got good footwork, he's strong, he's got great hands, and he He's able to step through, get underneath, and once you put your hands at 45 degrees and not straight up because you have to do something, he does a good job of going through your body and staying in the possession if he misses the shot. He's in position of offensive rebound. So uh, this guy's done it to everybody. Uh, he had a spectacular game, and he did it sometimes through multiple defenders. He, you know, he was he was as good or better than advertised. Look at that scoop, a logical, rational explanation of what we were watching on the basketball court from GMAC here on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. One of the silver linings in the cloud, uh, I would venture to say, is Marek Dolezal with a career-high 22.6 rebounds. Uh, His play just seems to improve as the season wears on, and he's a player that opponents have to deal with, and I thought he played well. Yeah, you know, he's he's been so important for us. We've really encouraged him this year to be more of a scorer. We, we knew anybody that's watched us play the last few years, everyone understands and appreciates how he plays because he's so intelligent. You get him the ball, you know, with our perimeter shooting, we've talked about it on the show here. Uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunities from 17 feet, man. And he hasn't shot the three ball this year for us, but he's done everything else. Um, you know, we've encouraged him to be more of a scorer because he's going to have more opportunities. You know, we've seen, you take it back to the Virginia game, how, how you know, we talked about it, how long he stayed on the floor with four fouls, uh, how important that was for us because of what he does for our, our team, for our offense, how smoothly we run through him. And, uh, you know, then you go back to the Clemson game when he fouls out, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to operate because we don't have the same offensive flow. And, um, you know, we need this guy on the court. You know, he's he's been terrific. He had a terrific game against Duke and, um, you know, those are the type of games that he's capable of having. We, you know, everyone knows he can impact the game with his ability to defend, play multiple positions, assist, rebound, steals, uh, lead in the break in the open court. But now when you add in the fact that we feel like he can put points on the board as well, he's really improved his free throw shooting as he's progressed. And, uh, he's kind of rounding in the form. You know, obviously it was a tough summer for him coming off of finger surgery. So he was a little bit of a step behind. This was the guy that we're seeing now that we fully anticipated him blossoming into. And, uh, you know, he's just such a luxury. He really is a great kid. He works as hard as you can. And uh, when the ball gets in his hands, he usually makes the proper decision. He's he's a big time. He, you know, obviously he's, he weighs as much as I do, but uh, <laughs> he, he plays a hell of a lot bigger than, than you know, what he weighs. He, this kid's all heart and, he gives everything he has every night. He gets knocked around and he picks himself up and gets back at it. You know, he's he's a competitor. You notice you notice his importance when somebody with the stature of Coach K, and obviously we all know the relationship between Jim and Coach K, the two most decorated coaches on the planet right now. But when the opposing coach in an atmosphere like that turns around and remarks that, hey, Marek Dolajai 
deserves an award for the way he's played. And it wasn't just about the game last night. It was about overall echoing your sentiments. I mean, we see that as fans. You guys see that as coaches. But when the opposing coach of a team that's that good, and it is Coach K saying it, it really it catches a lot of attention. So I thought that was uh, nice of him to say in recognizing a glue guy, just an important guy, a guy that you said well, I, plays with heart. Go I ahead. Think anybody that's coached, I mean, you know, anybody that watches, I mean, fans sure. appreciate, fans appreciate, you know, the way certain guys play. I'm sure the Duke guys appreciate the way the kid Jack White plays. Yes. Um, you know, to come in and, and guard multiple positions, you know, perfect his role. Um, you know, that, that that's the thing that, you know, not a lot of people, you know, from a fan perspective would talk much about, but a coaches behind the scenes and behind those closed doors when they're game planning, that's what they appreciate is the guys that perfect what they're good at, what their roles are. And, you know, I think that's just another coach, you know, you know, he was very complimentary even saying, you know, I think he was very happy they came out of here with a win. You know, I think he understood we're playing pretty good basketball right now and, that game got pretty tight. Um, it did. You know, uh, the, the, the one thing that I was really, really proud of with our guys is they continued to fight. They continued. You know, we got down 14, 15 points, and they continued to scratch the claw. We put on the press. And, you know, if it, to me, it boils down to two things in this in this game. It, you know, obviously, Vernon carries a handful. Not just for us. You know, let's clarify that right now. This guy's been productive against every team this year. Um, you know, so his performance, number one. And then when we pressed, we did a pretty good job. And, Cassius Stanley, some of the plays that he made in the open court are somewhat indefensible. Um, you know, the, the play that he made at the end of the first half on a long pass, he looked like, you know, Megatron in, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. in a receiver's role. I mean, he just elevated, caught came down, was off balance, squared his shoulders and made a layup. And then the, the plays that he made up above the rim, I mean, you're talking about a guy a year ago, Zion Williamson, who everybody in the country is in awe of and, you know, in the first week that Cassius Stanley's on campus at Duke, he breaks his vertical record, <laughs> you know, the, his vertical jump record. You know, the guy, he, he made, in my mind, the biggest plays of the game when we had a chance to get it to two possessions. The plays that he made above the rim in the open court um, were a big, big factor in what the outcome was. Yeah, remarkable. The, the, the degree of difficulty we just can't comprehend as humans that can't do something like that. Scoop, it's the Sportzilla show here on ESPN Radio with GMAC. Joins us every Monday. Coach Jerry McNamara along. Drivers Village and Empower Federal Credit Union giving us the opportunity to talk to him. But how about that environment of 30,000 people for the 84th time in program history or in the history of the Dome? Just awesome. There's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You know, we're, we're so blessed and fortunate to have the environment that we play in. We think the best in college basketball to have the fan support that we've had, you know, historically over the years. And, uh, you know, these people are so good and, 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 you know, show up night in and night out and cheer our guys on. And, uh, it makes a big difference. It really does. It makes a big difference. And, in, 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 you know, the attitude our guys bring to the court, how appreciative they are of, of the environment that they get to play in and, um, you know, it's 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 incredible. It really is. It's a big luxury for us. Obviously, you know, we had some guys in, in town to see that game that we hope one day are, you know, wearing some orange. And, and um, you know, it's it may it plays a big role. You know, the people around here they they've continued to support us. And um, you know, we got to make sure that our guys go out and appreciate that they do. And that's why they take it so serious and making sure they improve. I'm I'm happy. 
you know, I'm proud of our group. They, they understand the importance of what this means to our community and to the college basketball landscape. And our guys have come in. I said it from the start, even when we were losing early, uh, that these guys were, were coming in and they've never lost focus. They came in, they've done everything we've asked them to do. And they've continued to improve. You know, that's, that's, that's what you can all really as a coach, all you can ask of your group and they continue to fight. And you got to be proud of that. And now you just hope that it starts to continue to show up on the win loss category. What can guys like Eli, Buddy, and Joe and, and the rest of the team take going forward after playing a Duke team that, at, that applies so much man-to-man pressure? What, what do they gain out of that experience going forward? Well, I think the one thing is you've got to be happy with the fact that you scored 88. It's obviously 97 defensively is a lot. But then you factor in, you know, we scored 52 points in the second half and they scored 57. And a lot of that is product of what happens late in the game. You know, you're, we're obviously following, so you're probably giving up. You know, Trey Jones goes 10 for 10 down the stretch. Um, you know, so the, the scoring is a little bit more inflated than it, you know, it would be if you're in a tight game. But we got down and we had to press the issue. Um, you know, I think the big thing is how poorly we shot it. I, you know, I don't know what the final was. I think we were 6 for 26, if I'm correct on that. Um, from three, yeah. Um, I think I crumbled up the stat sheet. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to scan it as you're talking, so I can yeah, verify sure. for you. Go ahead. Yeah, it's six for twenty six. I crumbled it up. Yeah, I crumbled it up. You know, relatively early after the game, but you know, for us to shoot that poorly to still still score eighty eight points, um, you know, I think we've we've found different ways to to attack. We've worked hard on going off the dribble. We understand that guys are going to be running at us, playing us tight because of our ability to stretch and. Uh, they've done a good job of being able to implement what we've worked on. And, um, you know, I don't anticipate, you know, knock on the desks I'm sitting here in front of, uh, of, of us shooting as poorly as that and still be within, you know, a relatively close game with those guys who I think, you know, of all the, I've scouted Duke every year of all the, of all the teams we've played against is probably my favorite team because of their ability to defend the perimeter. You know, as good as guys like Zion and RJ Barrett were, um, it's a little bit different intensity from what they have on the perimeter as far as our ball pressure. And, uh, you know, from Joe's perspective of things, when you look at it and he goes for 17, seven assists, one turnover, uh, four steals against a pretty damn good defender. And Trey Jones, the kid's terrific. And, um, you know, there's a lot of positive to take out. You know, you're going to have some bad shooting nights, but you continue to fight and scratch and uh, put yourself within distance and, so we we just weren't able to quite get over that hump in the second half, and when you got a guy like Kerry going the way he was, and then when you make your run, Cassius Stanley makes the plays that he did. Uh, it's going to be a tough game to win, and then you got a closer in Trey Jones who makes foul shots down the stretch. So, um, you know, the, the way I look at it is you got to remain positive, uh, continue to work. You know, know that if you get another shot at these guys, you're going to be ready, prepared, and. Hopefully it comes ACC tournament time and we're, we're again, continuing to improve and uh, a completely different team when that time comes. So that's the plan, and that's the way we're going to approach every day in practice is continuing to get better. This is GMAC, Jerry McNamara, with us here. He joins us on the Sports Hill Show every single Monday on ESPN Radio, courtesy of Drivers Village and Empower Federal Credit Union. The last thing I want to throw at you today, Jerry, is uh, some people may or may not realize that Dino Babers uses the atmosphere that you see in a Duke game like this, the 30,000-plus crowd. There's some football recruits in the building today. And so it's kind of to the benefit of the entire university, just it's a unique atmosphere. And then that lets me bring up football so I can ask you quick about the Super Bowl before I let you go. Just general, uh, general feelings about the game, who you're rooting for, what you took away from it. 
I'm sure you enjoyed the uh, game last night and probably a little bit more food than you wanted. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny. The football thing is, is um, you know, we, we, uh, we do the same thing. You know, so when Clemson's coming to town, you know, it's not, it's not uh, too far-fetched over the years. I remember LSU last year, this past year with Clemson. We, you know, we had some guys on campus. I mean, it truly is a spectacular, just unique environment. And, uh, you got to take advantage of what this place offers and the support that we have. And, um, you know, it's it's special. We don't take that for granted. That's 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 the thing that separates us from most places is our support. And, um, yeah, I watched a little bit of the game last night. Um, I was a Niners fan growing up. I was a huge 49ers fan. I was a huge Jerry Rice fan. He's one of my childhood idols. And, um, so I was kind of like secretly hoping – uh, that the Niners won, but at the same time, I I switched. Once I got to college, I met Donovan McNabb at the Final Four my freshman year, and my brother at the time was a college student at St. Joseph's in Philadelphia, and he was a huge Eagles fan, so I switched over to the Eagles. So I found myself kind of caught in between, you know, do I go with the childhood Niners thing or do I stick with – I kind of wanted to see Andy Reid yeah. break through. I think Kyle Shanahan with what they have in place in San Francisco is going to be around for quite some time. And uh, It was really, really nice to see Andy Reid after all the hard work he's done and being such a mainstay in this coaching business and how – you know, the, the, the thing is, too, is you hear former players talk about the guy and they love him, you know, so – you can't be doing this as long as he's been doing it and have had the success that he's had without having the love and support of the guys that you're coaching. And uh, that was kind of the resounding sentiment that I had heard over the last few weeks with Andy Reid, his former guys coming to his, you know, like, this is my guy. This is my guy. We're rooting for Andy. So it was kind of nice to see him break through and, Patrick Mahomes ain't too bad either. No, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Jerry, Jerry, enjoy the few days off to get ready for Wake Forest. Let the guys heal up a little bit, get some practices in, and we look forward to talking to you, tech, to you next Monday. Always appreciate the time, my man. It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And coming up at 6 p.m., the Trent Cole Show, which you can catch every Monday, 6 to 7 p.m., right here on ESPN Utica Rome. Coach will talk about, obviously, the weekend in Cleveland, a win and a loss. Also, he'll be talking about uh, crazy bus stories. Crazy bus stories from Coach Call. Crazy bus stories. That's interesting. We're going to be talking to Michael DiPietro the Utica Comets Insider of the 72 Tavern Scoop and I will head over there on the Brother Station K-Rock from 7 to 8 tonight. Got to remember that, Scoop. Crazy bus stories. All right, I'm interested to see if he'll reveal anything. I mean, it'll already have aired by then, right? Correct. Because it's up next, a few minutes away. The reigning champions in the Big Four, in the big four of sports are the Washington Nationals, St. Louis Blues, Toronto Raptors, and Kansas City Chiefs. Who would have thunk that? a short time ago. It's just an interesting hodgepodge of teams that, I mean, haven't won rings or it's been 50 years since they won rings and things like that. It's just, it's neat to see. It's not the usual suspects, I think, of your New England Patriots and, you know, and New on York on. Yankees. Uh, well, no, that's fine. No, that's, that's a, you're, you're completely <laughs> wrong. Total exception right there. Uh, I'm just poking you. Oh, I don't care what you, I don't care what you say. You're just wrong. We will have more passes to give out to the golf show at Turning Stone every day 
this week. It runs from the 14th through the 16th. We'll ask you a little bit of trivia and have some fun with that. So be listening from five to six for the rest of the week. If you are into golf and golfers, I suppose, Caddyshack, I got to see that. And I got to see Happy Gilmore. Now I want to see all golf related movies. You have to. I almost, I almost have to. If you watch Happy Gilmore, trust me, it's going to help you answer our trivia questions for the rest of the week. Our winner, what was his first name? It was Alex. Alex. Alex, who won a little bit earlier, learned that right away. We were like, yeah, buddy, go watch that movie. And he's like, how could I ever turn down a chance to watch Happy Gilmore? It was good stuff. Scoop, are you ready to talk some hockey in a few minutes? Yeah, we're going to be uh, catching the, the coach show here, Trent Cole, and then, uh, of course, Comets Insider and the Brother Station, 6.30 or 7 o'clock, excuse me. Bringing it around town. Just bringing it around town like J-Lo. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. See you again tomorrow at 5.